You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, you were just saying that you're going blind. In your I didn't say that. I said I've just—it's driving me nuts that now everything when I get up close to something, because you know I draw and. I don't read books or anything, but I read obviously on my computer a lot and do a lot of images and stuff. And now when I get now I'm looking at it, double vision or whatever the hell that is, shadows everywhere. I put on these I don't know, ten dollar reading glasses that look like my mom's reading glasses and voila, perfection. But it's driving me fucking crazy. I hate it. My eyes have been perfect my whole life. And now forty three Shit's falling apart. I've told you, if anything can make me depressed in my old age, it's this. You need a hamburger. <laughs> you think it's because I stopped eating meat? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> How Any- about if I just get some love sausage from my husband? A couple of good... <clears throat> that ought to fix it. I don't think that fixes your eyes. Unless <laughs> I poke it in your eyes. <laughs> well, we haven't tried. <laughs> oh, God, now that, Im- now that image is in my... Yeah, it's pretty gross. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody out there is now going this, is, this isn't what I wanted to think about on my way to work <laughs> We've sunk to the Kevin Smith depths We got really loud then It was your cough I guess right. Anyway um, and you're still, still pretty loud, look at it And you're still coughing Let's, uh, just, bit. let's uh, disclose that again A little bit of coughing All right, so. But I've got wine and tea here So at any moment when I feel a coughing fix One day out, you'll go to the doctor I'll drink some wine <laughs> Right? For what, my eyes or my cough? Cough. Maybe. Or your eyes. <laughs> I'm not from a country that pays for my medical care. You have to understand there's a difference. You have insurance. No, the men it doesn't pay for everything. The mentality of a person raised born and raised in the country where at any given moment you Go walk into doctor. a doctor's office, you walk into a hospital, you walk out completely free. You pay nothing except obviously in your income tax or whatever you call it, right? Here, it's bred into you that you don't go to the doctor hardly unless you're half dead. Because I don't think that is... Uh, I know people who don't do that. Well, they're just wasting their money then. No, they're using their insurance to pay for the... No, they're not. You're talking about somebody who spent $8,000 in healthcare no, in no, one I'm, year. I'm not talking about anybody in specific. I'm talking about I don't care people. what kind of insurance you have, you still have to pay. So, you're paying for your insurance and you're paying every time you go to the doctor. Yeah, but... You've had a cough for two months. If you would have gone to the doctor three weeks ago, it would have gone by now. It would have been worth whatever it cost. What, $10? No. $20. 25 bucks, and then I have to pay for whatever medicine, 8 to $10, whatever that is. You which is a... way better than if I didn't have insurance at all, but... And you would have got rid of the cough. No, I disagree. I think that she would have given me some stupid little thing and said, well, come back in a week. There's another 25, so there's 50. Well, let's try this for a week. And then when I'm half dead, finally, and going to her and saying, I have to have some kind of a shot. I'm going to die. She goes, oh, okay. That is what you sound like. (laughs) That's not an exaggeration. Anyway, it is Sunday, January the 9th, 2011, or 2011. (gasps) I got it right this week. Oh, do you want to know what today is? In my mind, you just sparked Sunday, January a the memory. 9th, 2011. January 9th <laughs> was my first, uh, the first time I got married was the date. Have you been married before? <laughs> yes. You never told me? That was, that's, this is the date. Excellent. And it wasn't an American, so it does not go with the theme of the movie. No, and it still isn't an American. Um, so the the movie this week is uh, no the, no. This is after the show number one hundred and fifty four, and the movie this week is The American. Uh, this is the Blu-ray release of The American, a two thousand and ten movie released on Blu-ray and DVD on the twenty eighth of December two thousand and ten. So not very long ago, um, and this is from our friends at Universal. And the synopsis to this, please. No, 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 no. We agreed last week you would be giving the synopsis. No, you can give it. But, no. But brief. Do not correct me then. If I give it, you just zip don't, it. Don't review the movie in, in the um, synopsis. Your definition of reviewing the movie is different from mine. Just go on. No, you do it. No. <clears throat> okay. A man struggling with his past as what we can only assume is something violent is 
maybe, maybe not coping with it. We don't know for sure. And he goes to an Italian small village. That's it. There's some love-ish sex. There's some... I think we're good now. Titillatingness, maybe. Titillation of this man, of different kinds of women, etc. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it sound So awful. what would you say? That makes it sound awful. A man seeking redemption is the boringest yes. fucking example of a synopsis I can think of. And that is what it is. But that's not me. I'm not going to say that. So if you want to give it, you give it. You could actually put it this way. It's a man on the job in Italy. On the job in numerous ways. He's on the job, and he's on the job. You get what I'm saying? What does that mean? What's on the job mean? Like he's on the job. Screwing someone? Having sex. And he's on the job, doing his job. Or he's off the job, because he's not doing a job. So, you know. Yeah. Oh, your your synopsis is so much better. Mine's funny. (laughs) Anyway... Uh, let's move on to the movie. Um, this is the movie The American, starring George Clooney. Um, I want to say... I didn't see the trailers for this one, did you? Yeah. I might have seen the trailer for it. I don't recall seeing any of these. When I was watching it, I don't. nothing rings a bell, though. If you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Apart from George Clooney. Just relay what your first words are when the credits started to roll at the I end. I said that movie was fucking fantastic. <laughs> I think that says it all. Because you know why? And I've come to learn this about myself over the years. I love slow-paced movies. Me too. Deliberately, um, I see a movie like this as a, what do you call it, where it separates audiences. There's the audience who'd go to see a George Clooney movie and find this to be the worst effing George Clooney movie they ever saw because nothing happens, it's really slow. Like... Adam Sandler's Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, like that, right? And then there's the person who goes to see a George Clooney movie like... I was Michael gonna, Clayton, though. Yeah, that one was slow and uh, deliberate. Mm-hmm. That's, that was a good one. But then, like, what? think of a George Clooney movie where he's the action man and it's really high... Duplicity, something like that. Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. So, there's two separate... This isn't Ocean's Eleven. This isn't a George Clooney movie, necessarily. But, and I'm not a George Clooney fan, particularly... I think George Clooney's fantastic in this movie, and I'll tell you why later. But this movie, it takes place in Europe, obviously. It's, a, it, it's set in Italy. But not only is it set in Italy, it feels like a film from Italy. Yeah, totally. Um, it feels like a European movie. Now, totally. European movies, if you're an American and the, Amer- the American, and you haven't um, really experienced many European movies... European movies, um, especially French and Italian movies, do have a different sensibility to our, well, our, as in Hollywood movies. Yeah. They, um... Even British, even different from Yeah, like, sex in Europe isn't a big deal, whereas steamy scenes in American movies kind of make the news, oh, George Mm. Clooney was in this steamy scene. Well, there it wouldn't matter, like, like it's not... There's sex in most... It's matter... More matter-of-fact sex, if you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, it's all sensationalised in Hollywood movies. So you get a lot of that in these type of movies. But you also get a lot of... And not that this is a long running time on this movie, because it's actually fairly short. But it feels long. Yeah, totally. Like you went on this long journey. In a good way. In, in a, a good, good way, way for yeah, me. Yeah. Because this movie as well, interestingly enough, I'd say for about three quarters of the movie has no dialogue. It's... And this is why I, I was saying that George Clooney did a fantastic job here. Because he conveys everything through just looking. <laughs> looking at the camera. Like, is that acting? Or is that just absolute, being George Clooney? <laughs> it's, I think no, it's, I agree I with you. I think it's difficult. Like, because <clears throat> there are moments when his expression It's a solitary is, life that he's living. I'm convinced he's that guy. I'm not just looking yeah, at I'm George not thinking, Clooney. And it's, really, it's actually quite hard to um, turn off that you're watching George Clooney in general. There's the one scene... I know we're not talking about him yet. So should I wait until I mean, in other movies, when you watch a movie with George Clooney in, it's evident that it's George Clooney. Up in the air was one, for instance. Yeah, because, like I was telling you, there's an American Dad episode. It's an animated Seth MacFarlane animated show, if you haven't heard of it. And there's one episode where the wife of the American Dad... I always forget her name, but if you've seen it, you know who I'm talking about. 
um, Florence or something like that. She hates George Clooney. Like, she hates him because he stepped in front of her in a scene that she did in a movie a long time ago. And then she never became an actress. And she points out, or whoever's written this thing that she says about how much she hates George Clooney. Because he looks down, and then he looks up with his eyes half open. And he does this thing, and we're all supposed to just love him because he's George Clooney. And I want to poke his eyeballs out, right? And I think about that with some a lot of what he does. You think you're watching George Clooney be the swoony... Suave man about town guy, but this he reels it all in. That to- that's a perfect way to put it. Reels it in really tight. In because fact. yeah, because this movie is about a solitary man who literally is um, in hiding from the world almost and keeping himself to himself. Um, so, like I say, most of the scenes he isn't saying anything because he's in a room on his own. Like, oh, he's driving his car on his own. And when he does meet with people, there's very little said, to be honest. It's not like epic long conversations. Yeah, Yeah, it's not a Tarantino movie. It's very short conversations um, just to get the information that you need across. And most of it isn't done with conversations. Maybe you should have George Clooney come give your synopsis every week. Yeah, because he'd be very brief. (laughs) Uh, And I was going to say, the other thing about this movie, which I adore about it, is it's beautiful in every way. Yes. A... The photography, I know it's probably pretty difficult to photograph this part of Italy in a horrible way because it's a beautiful place, right? Gorgeous. From the opening scene where you see this village that we're going to be inhabiting up on a... It, it's a, You have to see it to understand what it looks like, but it's one of those ones that's built up a mountain kind of thing. Yeah. It's amazing looking. But this guy, this director, he's used to... Well, he is a photographer, and it shows because all the shots are like very. You can see it's all painstakingly painstaking, and like there's one shot where you're on the platform of a train station, and you're it's kind of looking up at the sign that tells the time. Yeah, of that the was date. one of the things. And then what you're seeing in that sign is the reflection of the train coming in, not the train coming in. Yeah. Then there's another time where he's in the little um, the bar cafe thing, and he's all alone, and he's he's over to the right. Of course, I like asymmetric asymmetry asymmetrical things of course and I like art that way anyway so he's way over to the right in the bottom right hand corner not where you expect him to be and then the rest of what you see is like the glass window you can kind of see through it but you see the reflection of the place and I think that different people would see it different ways I see it as it's just so it's artistic you know what it reminds me of like um, Amelie the framing in Amelie like Train spotting, I said, yeah. without that sort of colored edge, because it's yeah, more, or even that was even a push a Wes Anderson movie where it's yeah. it's deliberately and there's detail in all you know he's focusing on things that you might there's a scene where he's sat in a pastry shop and the oh, camera's yeah, looking yeah. through the window and it's almost like um, George Clooney's surrounded by French pastries yeah, yeah, like yeah. Um, well like Italian you're just pastry. walking past as well yeah but you get a glimpse of this man looking very. Um, not forlorn, but he's really con- he's you know do but it's not just zoomed in on his face. It's like the whole of it, as if and the very first shot even where we're zooming in on a cabin. The yeah. cabin's far away, and there's snow everywhere. Slowly. And all I'm thinking is, I'm looking at everything, thinking instantly in the first seconds, this director or cinematographer, whoever's making this decision might make something very small happen in this big vista that I need to draw my attention to because I feel it. I feel like they're really setting me up visually to be like paying attention to one thing but get the glimpse of the whole of the world like he's in Switzerland or wherever he was there at the beginning. So what I thought of when when I was saying that this is a beautiful movie because it is in several respects. One, beautiful photography and countryside. Two, absolutely beautiful women. Like I'm talking like these are women I've not seen before. Uh, they're, you know, you, they're very famous women in, in their respective countries. Sure. But I'm not familiar with them. But there's something about the way... He, it's, the, it's, again, the way he um, points the camera at them. The framing of them. I think they're just beautiful. Their costuming. <laughs> you know... The casualness They look of kind them. of 70s, even though this isn't in the 70s. It's got this vibe to it that's... Playboy of the 70s or something. That's what it got me. Mm, that makes it sound a bit too glossy. To me, it's really real. Mm, 
No, there's something about like if you never women. met a woman that beautiful with the dark curly hair, and you just you're, I'm captivated. I've met they don't women. look like women of today though. There's a there's a certain I disagree. You know what they them. remind me of? Um, of course, I'm hung around more artsy people than you have, and there are a certain element of these artsy gypsy esque type women, girls, you know, young women, twenties and thirties that you meet, or even a professor in college that I've had with the dark dark, dark long curly hair. There's a casualness about these certain women. This one woman you're talking about, I think specifically, very specifically, is a prostitute. And there's just this, like, European thing about her. Like, you can't describe. It's really hard to pinpoint. But it's this casual, I don't know, like, I think that she's going to smell like some Chanel. really... Yes, like some kind of really nice um, European French perfume and that her hair is really soft and that she just tossed her clothes on and that her apartment's a little bit of a shambles, but she's really interesting. And um, I know that sounds really trite, but that's what the vibe I got from these women. Well, for me, I got 70s Playboy. Don't know why, um, <laughs> but it was to do with costuming and the look of these women. But um, it also makes this movie... F- even that covers kind of 70s, but it makes this movie feel like... It's more 60s, actually. Like you can't place a date on it, even though it's obvious supposed to be... Obvious, yeah. There's still phones and modern cars. Yeah, it's nowadays. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is nowadays, but it there's some... Oh, but we can say, like, we can be Hollywoodish and say, the story of the man seeking redemption is timeless. It is. And then, obviously... I think that's all we have to say. Then, obviously, on the third level of beauty, there's um, George Clooney for all the ladies out there. Oh, and men who, who happen to like him. You know, I try really hard to find him as sexy as everyone does. But, to be very honest, the moments when he looks his age, which is like in his 50s, right? And he's stark and a little bit lost looking. Like when he's in the cafe in that corner shot. And he's actually got a moment of fear. And he kind of... A lot of times in his movies he shrinks down in himself. Like his shoulders come up and he has his jaw kind of... He kind of gives this moment of, like, lost little fear in him. Like, oh, shit, what's going on? Those are the moments when I find him the most attractive. I've just never found him, like, that captivating visually. Because I find him a bit empty. Do you know what I'm saying? But this guy, even this guy, this character isn't that interesting, but... See, I found this character quite interesting. What I did like about him, the way they portray him, there are a couple of moments when he looks like kind of the aging broken down awkward dude like when you're watching him from behind he kind of walks kind of with his hands in his pockets like he could be an old man and then there are other moments sex scene where he's like this vibrant sexy angry but not too angry but then really there's yeah. flipping the woman over like oh. yeah there's all now, i have to say i'm not i'm not bullshitting you here every woman thinks oh if i had a man who just kind of semi not toss me around but like like really vibrant but sensual and oh now that was sexy but it didn't have it, to be him I don't know if he was maybe like, she was what made me so turned on I don't know if he was giving her was, up the butt or whatever I think there in the bit, last moments there yeah, might have been a little so. butt action I was like that's, she might have been what turned me on little, though. that seems a little bit like she's in pain a little bit like the way you know she was in pleasure but she's pain, loving it I mean I can say the way they portrayed it I mean but she was she was a prostitute probably and mm-hmm. um but I like that. I like yeah. And obviously, obviously this was. <laughs> but taken, I like that. No, obviously this was taken from. Um, even the director mentioned it from the Sergio Leone movies. In fact, there's a very big tribute to Sergio Leone in the cafe where they show in um, a few dollars more oh, yeah. on the screen. Um, but I've never seen any of those. I've only seen like well, Clint you know, movies. It, well, Clint Eastwood is a Sergio. Is Leone. that why they call them spaghetti westerns? Exactly. They started they in came Italy. From Italy. The directors were all Italian. See, I'd like to see some of those. They're good. They're good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, because they're based on... Aren't those stories also based on, like, samurai stories? So they you are go back basically. to that. Yep. They're, they're basically retelling of samurai So this is stories. very manly stuff we're talking about. Yeah, and this story, you know, straight up they reference uh, a Sergio Leone movie, but there's also, you know, this man along the way... Confides in a preacher, confides in a prostitute. That's absolutely out of a Western. It's like the two sides, mm. like the sin and the faith. Messing with a man and all that, you know. So, it's done in here, and he admits that that's what they were doing. But it's... I feel like when I'm watching it, 
it, it doesn't hit me over the head with that. It until, doesn't. So it's yeah, done quite well. Until I saw it in the extras where he said he confides in the priest, he confides in the, pros- confides in the prostitute. I'm like, I'm thinking, he doesn't confide in either of them, first of all. He doesn't tell either of them anything. No, he uses them... But he's, from them, he sees their humanity, kind of. I know that sounds really ugh, obnoxious as well. But. Yeah, but this guy's him, a hardcore They're guy. giving him something that he doesn't have in his life. Equally. Yeah. There's nothing better about the priest than there is about the prostitute. He actually doesn't have anything. Or the assassin. There's well, he actually ass- doesn't have anything in his life. There's another assassin nothing. who also gives him something. Yeah. A certain amount of stimulation and a certain amount of like, uh, feedback in life from another human. So you've got an assassin, a prostitute, and a priest who are feeding him something that you feel like, before this, he's kind of an empty shell Well, he's super empty from the opening scene, which we won't spoil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's super... I mean, I feel that that has also happened 50 times before. Yeah, exactly. That establishes something right away. This is just one of those One of those And you go like, holy shit. Yeah. What am I in for here? What I mean is, like, I I don't think that's the first time (laughs) he's been in an incident like that. So... <coughs> Excuse me. I think um, that that's not just my coughing. No, it goes really. If I expanded it, it would be really high and be right. deafening people. I have to go in and take those out. So <laughs> I'm be, sorry, be anyone, sparing with them. Please. I'm sorry to be sparing with my coughs. Yes, because I'm doling them out just casually. Just drink or whatever. It helps. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I think he's a, absolutely an empty shell of a man. Anyway, the, 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 when he gets to this village, I think he has been for some time. So yeah, he needs. He's just fulfilling needs, isn't he, with these people? What do you think about redemption? What? This man, an assassin person, for example, or anyone who's done anything really wretched in their lives. Trying to to fix themselves, or trying to get out of it, for instance. Yeah, because in movies, I mean, we see it in movies, but people in real life really do kill people. Really do horrible things, I think and then say they escape it. it, and they go somewhere where no one knows them. They no one has caught them for what they've done. I don't actually think you can escape it in your own mind, though. It's impossible, right? Do you think, though, as a human in the world, that if you all of a sudden start making a better life, it can't erase what you've done, but that can that make you? You're not a better person, but like he's trying to be because he's not a good person. No, no. I mean, it's all... Do you think everyone deserves what's coming to them? Yeah. Just like in Unforgiven. Clint Eastwood says, we've all got it coming to us. And that's what all Westerns... Oh, that was a good one. Well, that's what all of those Westerns portray... You know, that you can't be a bad person without it coming back to get you. All of those spaghetti Westerns. You know? Do more other modern movies, do you think, have that same philosophy? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty... Like Inglorious Bastards. What about Leon? Oh, yeah. But you don't want bad things to happen to Leon. But, it, but it, <coughs> any um, character who's bad, who they make you like, they still, still can't have a good ending, done. can they? You know what I'm saying? They can't. They can't. <laughs> can't have a good ending? No. Yeah. Can't live happily ever after if they've done horrible things in their lives. But if you champion some of the things they've done? Yeah. You know? I mean, that's... That's so bad. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, no, that theme just exists, doesn't it, throughout... Yeah, it does. ...everything. So, um, yeah, this movie... um, I'd say there's two kinds of audiences. Uh, The audience who's going to dig this movie is, like, whoever I am. Somebody who's into, like... Who's patient with movies. You have to be patient with the movie. It... It gives you a lot, but you have to stick with it. You can't fast forward. You can't flick no, to any no. scenes. You can't be bored. Because it's a beautiful to look at. I mean, it's be- not just to look at like the scenery, but you watch him. I feel like you I'm sat on tension. his shoulder just watching yeah, what's yeah, going on. Yeah, yeah, a lot on. of times you're watching the tension even from behind. You're, you've got a close-up of the back of his head and shoulders as he's walking. And the tension in his shoulders goes up for a moment while the score... Slightly barely goes up, if that. You don't even have the score pecking at you a lot, the music, <clears throat> right? So you're you're kind of on the same alert as him. You've understood that this man needs to be on high alert at all times. Because some shit could go down any time. And the littlest, even in the quietest, like, two minutes of walking and looking in a window and whatnot, you f- I have to, I feel like I need to be looking at everything, so well, I don't feel like it's slow. I also think because of it being so slow and deliberate, 
you get the um, feel of the place he's in. Like, I felt oh, like I'd totally. been in that place for a couple of weeks. Totally. Like, because I, I feel like I know what the shops are like and what the people are like. You Makes know, want to go there. From the second he arrives there and he's, like, looking around at what kind of people are here trying to figure this place out. You, you know, it's so detailed. You get to feel like you've been there. Some movies where they flick around the globe or whatever. Spy movies or whatever. Yeah. You'd never get a taste of one place. You just feel like you went to a lot of places. This place, because you only go to one place. Um, you feel like you know it. That's the. <coughs> it's similar to that Spike Lee movie where they in World War Two. The the soldiers go to that Italian Saint Anna. Yeah, something Saint Anna. Where you you feel really dug into the place. Yeah. a lot. So. Very similar type of city, uh, type of village actually. Um, so the cast of this movie, George Clooney. There's not a lot of people in this movie to be honest. Uh, there are some extras and sure people bustling around the city, but the actual main players is very few and far between so you've got George Clooney who plays Jack um what was his other identity Edward 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 Eduardo so um I think he does it's possibly Michael Clayton's pretty good my favourite George Clooney yeah I agree I think it is I think it's like because George Clooney's a certain person and when we saw some of the the extra on this disc you can see George Clooney there. That's what he is. Yeah. Right? He's um, Mr. Of Best the People. Performer. Joker. Yeah. He reigns all that in completely. Because he has to. Because this person is like a broken, empty man. And, like I say, he does the... He, I'd say he does, like, 85% of the performance with just looking. Yeah, totally. Which is really hard. I mean, no matter what you say, it's hard to portray something by just having a look in your He's eyes. not just looking, like... Looking, I mean, you see the emotion. A look in, in his eyes, his can, and you can say, "Okay, language. I get what he's feeling." Yeah, uh, um, which I, I can't. I know other actors do that, but it could be complete bullshit, though. We might just be. Re- <laughs> he might just. Well, it, it bought me because it, I mean, it won me because I was like, at first, I was thinking, "Oh, I, I'm really digging this movie. I like this pace of this movie." But I'm I'm wishing it wasn't George Clooney as the star. I was oh, actually thinking that at first. Right. And then about ten minutes in, I was like, I forgot George Clooney was in this movie. It was just, I was following the guy, like, you know? Very nice. And that means the actor's doing his job right. If you forget that it's... Yes. Somebody I mean, as iconic as George Clooney, you forget. You still have your moments, let's be honest. Yeah, but really not tons. Um, Michael Clayton, I, even though it's really good... It's not good because of George Clooney. It's actually the supporting roles. Yeah. This is good because it's George Clooney and the ladies. <laughs> I mean, these women are fantastic. So let's move on to these women. Um, can you uh, get the pronunciation of their... Let me get my stupid reading glasses. <laughs> we'll both Thecla, Thecla Rutan as Matilda. She is the counterpart to him. She's the female him, basically, who comes around and is a client and wants a whatever she's mysterious and cold and hard all the way through there's no like moment there's one little moment where she kind of leans on the thing on the blanket just for a split second she's all business pretty much yeah yeah exactly but for that one split second then she kind of but then it comes right yeah, back up again I thought but oh, she's intense yeah. I mean intense uh-huh. um and she, more than anything, to be honest with you, I think that the women, you're right, they're more, they more remind me of European sensibilities in movies. There are certain shots of the women that are more, to me, European than others. Yeah, it's absolutely. A lot of the reflection in the car window when she's leaning and looking yeah, out. Because it, it's you know. filmed in that European way, but because the director's European, it's like, it doesn't feel like a Hollywood movie because it actually isn't apart from George Clooney, right? So then we've got... Violante Placido. That's Clara. And, uh... She's the one that I think you would been probably got a boner for. Yeah, she, <laughs> she's the prostitute lady. Yeah. Um, who is super... She looks like she's off the Vogue magazine. Oh, yeah. So, you know what I mean? She's a... I'm, I'm, I'm sure George was like, oh, really? That's a nice uh, co-star to have. But, yeah, she, it's, she's amazing as well. I'm not talking about how she looks... She has some tough scenes, including, oh, yeah, yeah. including a sex scene that is quite graphic, to be honest. And there's the hardness of the prostitute. There's the softness of, like, 
I don't maybe want to be a prostitute, so can you save me? Kind of. One moments. of my favorite scenes is she go. They, they go for a, a dinner, like a, a dinner yeah, together, yeah. and it's obviously she lives in a small town. Yeah, and that's she's known brilliant. as the prostitute. Right? Exactly. And, but it's and so the waiter subtle. is giving her this weird cheeky kind of. He's ignoring her. But he's also got this cheeky like looking at George Clooney. Like. Uh-huh. You're with the prostitute. Yeah, yeah. And he's not listening. She's ordering their wine, and he's yeah. ignoring her. And she then she raises her voice just ever so slightly in a very much like, like listen, how, you asshole. Like she has to deal with I've dickheads like the this wine. all the time. Like, and then he take, he kind of looks at George Clooney like, oh, oh, oh. And, and that was brilliant. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. That's what I'm saying. It's all subtle. <clears throat> it's not necessarily the script. It's just the way it's played. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, um, there's lots of scenes. Obviously, it's the sex scene's pretty challenging, I think, because... It's a kind of a weird graphic sex scene. She also um, yeah likes to take her clothes off. I, I don't know. Like I say, European sensibilities in movies. Yeah, that happens more often. You mean because you see her sit titties two times? <laughs> yeah, but think about it. The leading ladies in American movies. You know, if Angelina Jolie is in a movie or whatever, there's a body double, or she just doesn't. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's not the same sensibility. In the though. reader, we saw the full Monty of... She's European. Oh, this is true. She's British. Yeah, she'll get him out for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, last but not least, or last, actually, is uh, Paolo, Paolo Bonacelli as Father Bendetto. <laughs> and he's like, uh, he plays the priest. <coughs> who, um... Excuse me. He's, he's super famous. He's been in about 200 movies. He's not super famous to us. No, he was in Midnight Express in 1976, which is an awesome movie. You should see it if you haven't. Um, but yeah, he I really liked his performance too. Because the there's some key scenes with him. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, not... Act- see, this movie isn't an action movie either. If you're thinking... Oh, when you look at the cover and you see him with a gun running, this is not what this movie no, is. No, no, no. I think it's misrepresented and I think that- there. Saying that this is about a man looking for redemption is wrong because they're all looking for some kind of redemption, even the priest. Yeah, and he plays that as sort of a desperately, overly priestly, but with his own dark past ish thing going on, and he pulls it off. Like he wants to be all fatherly and shit, but then he also you get the sense of like there's a little bit of gossip there. There's a little bit like he's seeking out other people's um, darkness. So that if he can help them, he can maybe help himself. You know, but it's subtle. It's not overt. And um, directed by Anton... We had a discussion about how you say his name, but I think it's Corbin. Um, it's got a J in there. Yeah, and he's from <laughs> the Netherlands. Um, he is famous for the movie Control, which came out a few years ago, which is the story of Joy Division, the Manchester band who turned into New Order eventually. Um but and he's also directed a lot of music videos. U2, Depeche Mode, Bjork, I think was one of them. Um, he obviously has a he's a photographer. Yeah, and and it shows in his filmmaking. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's partially why this movie is amazing. I mean, I think that you could even say that telling this story came from. The long shots, the slow shots, the framing of the shots, where it gave that actor, particularly Clooney, if you have a long standing, you know, 10, 12, 15 seconds of looking at a man sitting in a chair in a cafe, and he's taking up maybe 10% of the screen, and the rest of the shot is you needing to sort of absorb why the setting is important, right, visually. Hmm. That's telling this this story even more than just if you'd just constantly been like a director going, let's just center George, let's just get him in the frame, let's just center Close him up. in the frame. Yeah, you yeah, need yeah. A hero shot. Yeah. So it's not even just the acting, but like you physically, because he's a photographer and wants everything to look. And you could take snapshots from this movie and be like, that's. And an interestingly interesting. enough, he gave George Clooney um, the cover guys of being a photographer in the movie. Oh, right, you did, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking that, like, I'd read that that guy was a photographer, and I was like, I wonder if that was, right. you know, intentional. But anyway. <coughs> I'm trying not to cough. 
It's not really working, though. I know, but I'm trying everything, even stretching and so, um, breathing. What is it? Oh, the quote on the back of the box here is, A labyrinth of seduction, secrets, and suspense. Oh, that's not fair, is it? No. It really isn't. That's be, uh, misleading. I think there'll be a lot of people who don't like this movie, just because they're not used to this style. Like American audiences, I would think. I think a European audiences would really dig it. It's going to be a weird... I um, like to think that most people would get it, but then when I listen to certain podcasts and some people say, I watched Inter- um, I watched Inception and I didn't understand any of it. I was totally lost through the whole thing. Yeah. I think, really? Are people that much of idiots? Yeah, I know. And am I being rude because I think they're idiots? Because I think, how can you not understand a movie just because it isn't like... like uh, formula, 100% formulaic. Bam, bam, bam. But, you know, you're right. I the pitch, some, the, like, this is... A, a some actually, people will watch this and be like, huh? To try and... You know, when you pick this up in Blockbuster Video or whatever, and you look at the back, and you're like, oh, a labyrinth of seduction seekers, and it says George Clooney really big. And then the only pictures are him hugging a naked woman, him with a really attractive woman and a gun, and him shooting a gun. That's not this movie at all. Like, yes, no. those things happen in this movie because they are shots from the movie. But if you're looking for those three things, that's not what this movie is. No, no. Not you at know? all. So, I mean, you know, yes. Mr. Marketing Guy chose the three pictures. They didn't choose the awesome landscape Guns and shot. women. Yeah, you know what I mean? So it isn't what it, what it perceives to be, I don't think. It isn't what you would think. The front cover, I, while I really like this, is a movie poster even. It doesn't it's represent the film. It kind of has a spy stink about it, and there's no spy-nish about the movie. No, that to me looks like a spy this, cover. The American, and then a picture of him like like this, like an inlaid kind of silhouette of a man holding his arms up. I oh, don't even yeah. know what that is. I don't know what that is. Well, either. With a gun in one hand and his other arm up like this. I mean, it looks like Rocky with a gun. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I have no idea. <coughs> Somebody said we got to make a cool logo that has a gun in it or right. something. I don't know. I don't know what it Maybe is. Maybe the redemption thing, like. Uh, like I don't, a Christ image. It makes sense. <laughs> anyway, um, so the Blu-ray. Um, what I've got to say, you got, if you're going to watch this movie, watch it in high definition because oh my god, it's amazing. It looks amazing. Like, it looks really amazing. Like when is these far-off scenes of the whole uh, the village or just the countryside in high definition? It's like looking at a photograph. It is. And, you I know, feel like oh, I want to be there. I'm almost yeah. there. I'm almost there. It's like right there. I think that improved this movie. Watching it huge and watching it in high definition, it's one of those movies where, you know, you got to admire this guy's photography because it makes it better. So, and it also has awesome sound. In fact, so awesome, I almost jumped out of my seat twice. Yep, twice. And this isn't a movie what would make you jump out no. of your seat. But there is some realistic sound, directional, that actually comes from exactly where the movie p- portrays it to come from. And I jumped... Twice. Um, you probably jumped in exactly the same spot. Yes. But it was a weird... Because it's a very quiet movie. And if anything does happen that involves noise, it really gets you. It's an interesting soundtrack, actually. Um, and the score. It's like there's a really nice classical score. And it's not used too often. No. And when it is used, such as the end scene, it's really... It captures it more Impactful, emotional. Because yeah. you're not... Oh, I've already heard that score three hundred times. This movie—it doesn't, yeah, no, get you. You know, it gets you more. So, um, the extras on this Blu-ray are some deleted scenes, which, to be honest, I could have left because yeah. they were deleted for a reason, and they weren't even good scenes, to be honest. No, it was nothing that changed anything. A little bit, the very brief priest. <clears throat> the priest scene was, you know, a little bit more detail, but didn't need it. And maybe a hint at more time with the prostitute. Yeah. Um, and then there's uh, the journey to redemption, the making of the American. It's a ten-minute making of. I felt it was like, enough. I felt I got to know the director a little bit better, which is what I wanted. But if you really want to get to know the director better, there's the full-length commentary with the director, um, and that is actually it for extras. But for this movie, I didn't feel diddled Me out either. of extras. I agree because I feel the movie is great, so I didn't need a bunch more stuff. It was like enough in itself. I agree. Um, I. This year's turning out, shaping up to be... Uh, we only two weeks into the year. We've seen The Town and The American, both. Oh, uh, we saw Salt, wasn't it? That was in uh, last year. Oh, right, right. Um, so we've seen The Town and The American this year so far. 
I think these two might make it into our... I don't know what's coming. <laughs> but these could make it into our top ten of... You just got to keep them in your mind. Well, they'll be on our list, so... Um, so, yeah. Blu-ray, um, not many extras, but I don't think it... I don't feel like I There's a digital copy. I don't know if that's an extra anymore. This is one of those movies that just needs to speak for itself. Don't don't buy this Blu-ray. Put the digital copy on your little iPod and watch it that way. Because that's not the way to watch this not movie. Not for the first time. No, absolutely not. It, uh, you know, it's not a postage stamp kind of movie, is it? It's no. big screen. Full on sound. So, um, thanks to Universal for the disc. And I highly recommend this movie. I think it is... You'd recommend it to anyone? Or would you no, pick and choose? No, a certain <laughs> audience. I don't know who you are. If you like Punch Drunk Love, There Will Be Blood, those kinds of movies. Drama, um, almost slow-paced, but full of detail. Maybe Wes Anderson's movies. You can kind of settle into it, you know? There's a pace that you have to go with. It's not like... If you're the kind of person who's like, when's the next shootout? And when's, when are they going to screw? Unless he's more titties. It's not that. It's not that movie. No. You'll get that stuff, but it's not its not the town. It's, the town's a very different movie, even though yeah. it's a great movie. This is a very different movie from that. It's got a different sentiment to it. A so. different kind of tension. Yeah. And even though it's, it's fraught with tension, that is one of the things about this. All the way through, tension. It, it's just building all the time. So, um, yeah, highly recommended. Um, I thought it might have been hard to top the town last week, but this might top it for me. So, or same in a different way. Yeah. So, um, yeah, thanks to Universal. And if you want to enter some contests, <coughs> uh, you should visit the site for details. I got a couple of new contests up this week, and I cannot remember the name of the movie. It's the one with Fantasia, like a musical. Fantasia? Yeah, Burrito. Mean, that's not a name, I don't think, is it? Fantasia Burrino. Oh. That's a name. All right. Uh, so next week's uh, review will be the documentary Catfish on Blu-ray disc. And it's sat right there. And uh, I'm very interested to review that one. You don't even know what it is, do you? No, I'm glad. I don't want to know. I think uh, I think it will make a good talk afterwards. Excellent. So um, movie recommendations for this week. I am going with another slow-moving, awesome movie. And that's Munich. Steven Spielberg's Munich. Very good. Um, it's got that slow meandering pace but it's full of detail it's an amazing movie it's really good um you Agreed. don't really have to describe what it's about no. it's about music um and second uh, just because I was on the subject of music this guy um Anton Corbin is obviously into music because he's literally spent a lot of his life directing music videos and doing music so Photog- photographing music yeah, musicians yeah musicians right so I watched a, a documentary this week called Lemmy. It's a new documentary, the 2010 documentary, about the lead singer slash bass player from Motorhead, the band Motorhead. Um, I recommend you watch this movie, even if you don't know who Motorhead are, or you don't care about rock, rock music. Because it's a, quite a revealing documentary, in the way that... Um, do you remember Some Kind of Monster, the Metallica documentary? Mm-hmm. See, I'm not into Metallica, but I thoroughly enjoyed that documentary because it was the, the story of some people in a certain predicament. And that movie takes a turn in the middle, if you remember, and mm. the Some Kind of Monster kind of becomes relevant. Um, they, didn't, they didn't intend that documentary to be what it is. But because, I don't remember what you're talking about. Well, it's like the you saw Some Kind of Monster. It was yeah. up for an Oscar that year or whatever. Um, it was in the... Well, so and so left, and then they had a right, falling out occurred during <coughs> right. the. It was supposed to be just a day in the life of Metallica kind of documentary, or a year in the life of, but something major happened, and it, the documentary took on a life of its own. And it, it's quite, it was, you know, what do you call it, warts and all. Yeah, like a really inside look. Well, this is a really inside look uh, at the life of Lemmy. Who, if you don't know who Lemmy is, you will when you watch this movie. You will, and there's. You don't need to be into rock and roll to be into it. Now, I, had a, I have a small interest in Motorhead. I used to like them when I was young. I mean, I've never stopped liking them. I just don't. I'm not fanatical about them, but I will listen to the music. I've, I'm, I've played a lot of the music in Guitar Hero, obviously. But um, it was an eye opener for me on somebody 
I didn't really have any insight to, but I knew who he was, you know? So um, I really Let's enjoyed Let's be it. really honest. You love the fact that Lemmy from Motorhead just makes himself a piece of toast and a cup of tea <laughs> and sits in his shitty little apartment and then goes and sits at the bar. You just find those things fascinating. You know, and, and the other <clears throat> the other side to him, he's like a rock legend. Right. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, that's par- partially why people like the Osbournes, right? And what did you describe it as? It was like... Um, like a nature documentary of seeing a lion in its natural, in its natural habitat. habitat. That's what that's what I thought when I was watching it. <coughs> I'm watching Lemmy make his breakfast. <laughs> this is what he does every day. I just don't see that. I just see him on the stage with his bass, right? And you imagine him as having servants and women yeah. falling at his no. feet and all that kind of shit. Anyway, Lemmy, I highly recommend it. If you um, documentaries are I watch quite a lot of documentaries on Netflix and stuff and this one it really appealed to me it's two hours long and it felt like it was about 20 minutes I was, I was like oh it's over no, yeah, I know I, la- I hate yeah. that feeling so yeah it, oh I no no it. keep going keep going and I also uh, I have a third recommendation and that's Control which is Anton Corbin's other movie the one about Joy Division I can't rec- not recommend that because Factory Records and Joy Division and New Order they're part of my bringing up you know, Happy I, Mondays yeah, I um, still remember to this day going out and buying the Blue Monday 12-inch, you know, from Manchester when when it came out. and You know, they're part of everybody who lived in Manchester in that time. Factory records are, are a part of them, I think. So, unfortunately, they not, don't yeah. exist. Okay, Tony. my recommendations are Michael Clayton, which we've mentioned, because of the... Which George we've actually Clooney. reviewed in an Yeah, the, the Clooney and the pacing, and it's unsettling at times in a way that you don't get in a lot of movies carry that over to Punch Drunk Love which also has a pacing unsettling awkwardness about it that draws me in to the point of being like I'm I'm literally captivated like you can't undo my brain I want to just I'm soaked in you know like I'm locked in I love them because they're you have to see them and the other one I think is you've had Fargo a Fargo. lot of times. You know? I've had Fargo a lot of times, but Fargo to me is one of those... Um, Coen Brothers. It's Coen Brothers, but I mean, visually, <clears throat> you're not just getting the characters. You get this sort of step back look at them in ways, you know, visually in ways, and you get the coldness and you get the, like, <clears throat> almost like, like with this one also, I feel, I felt like a lot of times during this particular movie, the American... This is one little village in Italy on the whole of the planet of this little drama taking place. And I'm, I'm, I'm zoomed into it, but I get it. It's just this one little... Same with Fargo. It's like this isolated little, little drama thing happening in this snowbound city with these few characters. As opposed to something like um, a Bond movie. Yeah, where, where you're everywhere globally, and you it's to... affecting everyone. Yeah. And in this instance, you could just pluck them off. And like if you moved away just far enough, you wouldn't even know that was happening. So... I like Fargo and Punch Drunk Love. So, those are mine. All right, so uh, games and Ace Scully stuff for this week. That is the shortest list you have ever had. Well, think about it. It's January. It's Uh, the time when games do not come out. I don't know the gaming world. The games start coming out January the 25th, the new ones for 2011. Around about. There's a bunch of games at the end of January and all the way through February. Big A releases. So, right now, Christmas is gone. It's a limbo time. But... A game did come out this week, and it's a game that anybody with an iPhone has probably played most of last year, and that is Angry Birds. <coughs> and you... Um, Do not have an iPhone. No, but you saw me playing Angry Birds this week. Uh, mm-hmm. on the, the PC, let me just say, the PC version of Angry Birds came out this, this week. It's the biggest selling iPhone game ever. Isn't it just Worms, but a different way? Absolutely nothing like Worms, no. Because Worms is... Like you shot got, the worms across the thing? No, you don't shoot the worms. The worms, you shoot each other on worms. Right. What it is, is uh, Angry Birds is um, it's a physics-based game. You've got... It's, it sounds crazy if you describe it. You've got, like, structures with pigs. I don't know why they're pigs. I think there's some backstory to it. I'm not sure. You've got a structure, like a, like a cobbled-together castle with pigs at relevant parts of the castle. You've got birds, and you've got a slingshot, and you fire the birds towards the castle. You have to actually kill all the pigs, like, by smashing them. Okay. So, like, 
they'll smash by a like a like a, a piece of wood will fall on them or a piece of the building or your bird hits them directly now you get like maybe four birds per level and there's a, a maybe four pigs you've got to get now some some of them you can just hit like one block and it all falls down and lands on them all and crushes them. Some others you got to think more methodically. It's actually really fun. Um, you, I'm going to put it fun. on your laptop because I think you'll like it. It's uh, separated out into a bunch of levels. You clear each one and move on. Some of them are frustratingly hard, but then when you do get it, you're like, oh, Do you yes. mean frustratingly hard? No, frustratingly. Yeah. It's F-R-U-S-T-R-A-T-I-N-G. I'm British. We have different... No, it different. isn't British because I'm a lot of Americans who say frustrating. I'm just saying it's one of my pet peeves. No, well, it's your pet peeve. Uh, my peeve is just You can to be say flustered I'll... or you can be frustrated. I'll say frustrating. Because <laughs> I have all my life. So. <coughs> I ain't changing for you. You stop coughing, then. <coughs> That's different. I have an actual medical problem. You won't go to the doctor, though. Anyway, um, so Angry Birds HD. It's basically the iPad version, but um, on the PC. Um, it's, it's a game that's made around a touchscreen, but it actually works fine with the mouse, because sure. you don't really need to... You're just pulling the slingshot thing. And, and you, some of the birds have special powers, like you can fire the bird, and then if you tap... On the iPad, I guess, tap the bird when he's in midair. He'll split into three birds and go downwards. Well, in this, you just click the mouse again. You don't have to tap, you know. So it's really easy to play. It's fun. Uh, it's ten bucks um, from the Angry Birds site. Angry Birds is on every single platform known to man. You can even get it on a toaster, I think. So uh, a toaster. Yeah. Mm. So um, I recommend it. It's fun. But if you've got an iPhone and or an iPad which a lot of people have. I'm sure they've already played it, and what I'm telling you is totally old news. So the PC was the last thing to get it. Um, I've also been playing... Um, I dug out Grand Theft Auto, The Ballad of Gay Tony. Because well, I never are, actually... You are digging up something I never. Week. Yeah, I told you it's that time of year where games are shot. Uh, well, I never actually finished Gay Tony fully. As in, I didn't collect every... <laughs> That statement alone was quite interesting. Yeah. I never finished Gay I, Tony completely. I, I almost said this week I, I'm going back to Gay Tony on Twitter, and then I thought, I bet I said it. <coughs> Your wife um, might have a problem with that. So, um, Gay Tony is the, one of the downloadable content episodes for Grand Theft Auto 4. Um, and it's, it's, it's really fun. It has, like, skydiving and stuff. They added a load of, like, interesting elements to the Gay Tony one. Um, the only thing, coming back to Grand Theft Auto 4, like, Two and a half years, three years later, maybe. Um, and having played Red Dead Redemption in the interim, which is the Rockstar game that came after Grand Theft Auto 4, you realise how kind of janky Grand Theft Auto 4 is. Not graphically, because it really still looks very good, but the controls are slightly crappy. They're not crappy. They've just improved upon They improved them a lot. They weren't crappy then. No, they weren't. But the, Well, yeah, they kind of were. But the controls in um, Red Dead Redemption, they improved the controls a lot. Made them sharper, tighter. And there was a lot of instances in Grand Theft Auto 4 where you stick up to some cover and then you can't get off it. It's like kind of a weird glitch. This still happens in Grand Theft Auto. But in, in Red Dead Redemption, it was perfect the entire time. When they make a new Grand Theft Auto, it obviously will be improved, but it's kind of glaring when you go back to it. Because you're like, oh, in Red Dead Redemption, that wouldn't happen. I wouldn't get stuck on this wall and not be able to move. It's like, you know. <coughs> but the game, I, the game's awesome. Um, it's really controversial. I play in it and seeing some of the cutscenes. Really? I'm surprised it didn't get more flack than it did. You know, there's a lot of calling people fags because obviously it revolves around this gay yeah. businessman who this guy's working for but there's a lot of everybody gets um, derog- <coughs> everybody gets like I was going to say derogatized but that isn't a <laughs> word but every every group yeah gets there's the N word prejudice the flies word. free yeah yeah and it's it's not done in like a clever way it's 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 very outlandish you know and when you're you're kind of cringing but yeah. I guess that's what rockstar um i know you're from. cringing oh unfortunately a bunch of assholes in the world aren't cringing no and it's funny in parts you know the dialogue and stuff but it's very controversial and i'm surprised the flack it does get 
I don't think they play it all the way through. Do you get what right, I mean? Yeah, if they yeah. did, I think it would get more like it's probably a good job that it's a hundred hour long game because a lot of the critics probably don't get to the parts that are Did you never finish it? Is that what you're saying? Um I finished uh, The Lost and the Damned and Grand Theft Auto Four. I've actually finished Grand Theft Auto Four three times all the way through the story. But Gaytonia, I never finished the story because when it came out there was a bunch of other games. I was kind of in the middle of it and then I said to myself I'm going to go back and do finish it. But other games came and never got back to it. So it's great that it's still there and I can go back to it. I've done a bunch of it this week. What's it like to measure your life in video games? Like you could say, oh yeah, that was back when uh, Grand Theft Auto came out. Oh yeah, that was when Red Dead Redemption came out. I mean, that would I be... You can say that about movies too, right? Cause it's every... No, I'm asking you because that's mostly what you do is play video games. It's just like that. <laughs> I will say, I remember the summer of 2005, that's when GTA came out, or whatever, you know. <coughs> Not that that's the only thing that happened then, but that is one of the major things. Right. Um, I'm really looking forward to another Grand Theft Auto, is my final comment on that. I just... it It's not over, Grand Theft Auto. You know, some people say, oh, I think they did everything they needed to do. Nah, there's loads they can do with it. You just love them. Yeah, just, I love Red Dead Redemption, but the Wild West... Is not. I like the Wild West, but it's not where my. I want yeah. the city. I like the modern day city. Grand Theft Auto Four is about modern day, or you like seventies, sixties. Yeah, like yeah. Stuff I can relate to fully. You get what I mean? Like eighties from Vice City. Yeah, all of that. I love Red Dead Redemption. Don't get me wrong, because they did the Western perfectly. But I don't relate to it as well. Obviously, <laughs> I'm not a cowboy, right? Nobody is. No. Hardly. Um, so, uh, and the other game I've been playing this week is uh, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit and some Gran Turismo 5 on the wheel. I've talked about that enough. Uh, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, I kind of dissed it when it first came out. And I said last week, I'm getting to like it. I don't diss it at all now. If you can pick it up, I say pick it up. It's um, <coughs> way better than I originally thought. And it's actually thanks to the online um, component. Right. So... I've seen it going around for $20 in, in Amazon sales re- just recently. When they have them deal of the day where they have like, oh, we've got 10,000 copies of this, buy it quick. I've seen it going for $20, which is fantastic for a game like this. So pick it up. Um, I wouldn't yeah, pick it up driving. for 60 Yeah, I wouldn't pick it up for 60 but $20 is a steal for it. Um, and that's it, what I've been playing this week. And it's really funny because I added something else on there, but it didn't show up. I saved it over here, but it didn't show up. <coughs> what you, was it? You probably have to... Ref- no, it usually just shows up. All right, well, I can't remember. If you refreshed it, it would probably just appear. I don't know about that. Oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> so um, the other thing I just wanted to talk about is um, the the first new game of this year will be Dead Space 2, which I love Dead Space. I thought it was an awesome game. Uh, you saw Dead Space, mm-hmm. where you were the welder on the ship, and uh, all the shit goes loose. Like, kind of like aliens, a little bit. Um, Dead Space 2 was supposed to take it to another level oh god um and it's out on January the 25th so not long away now um so that's that's the first game new game of 2011 that I'll be talking about and that will be I guess in two weeks yeah around about so yeah I just wanted to mention Dead Space 2 and if you want a taste of Dead Space 2 there's the demo on the Xbox Live Marketplace and the PSN network. Oh, there's can... also Dead Space, if you haven't played Oh, Dead Space. If you haven't played Dead Space, definitely play it. It costs about $10 now. And it's I remember great. it looking great, though. No, it really did look great. Maybe I'm thinking of something else, then. <clears throat> no, it was... It, everything about it was great. You might have seen me play Dead Space on the Wii. That didn't look very great. Yeah, where well, they were kind of digital-looking and mm. stuff. Well, the creatures were kind of The Wii version didn't off. look that good. I don't I recommend that. the Wii version, to be honest. I recommend the 360 or the PS3. Right. So that's it for me for this week. Thank you. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? Uh, I'm not going to talk too much more because it appears that the talking is making me cough more. I did say that to you the other day. You did. Uh, <clears throat> that was good for me, though. So you keep your mouth shut all night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, mister. Did you just stick your foot in it? I'm going to cough. I don't care how much I cough, I'm going to talk your ear off for the rest of the I said to you the other day, there's something going on. Whenever you talk, you start coughing. No, actually, what you said was, you need to stop talking. Yeah, shut up. Because you keep talking. <laughs> no, you don't say shut up to me, because that's not acceptable. But you said, you need to stop talking, I think, because you just keep coughing. I'm like, right. Very sneaky of you. No, it wasn't sneaky. It's the truth. 
for supper we're having veggie burgers, you know, morning star veggie bur- ver- garden burgers, I think they are, with salad. So on our burgers, kind of lettuce, onion, tomato. This was my idea, I think. Uh, no, I said it sounded, a veggie burger with all the accoutrement sounded, and you said, oh, how about salad on the side? So, and then some corn and some fries and some chocolate cake, which we made from the eggless chocolate cake mix yet again. And I bought, what did I buy? I forget the name of the company. It's coconut, it's vegan ice cream. It's not cream. Made out of coconut milk. And this is the mocha almond flavor and we both tested it it's so delicious and we learned something that mocha yeah is not chocolate mocha is a it's coffee coffee and chocolate well it's a coffee bean but put together in modern vocabulary it's chocolate it's a chocolate coffee but this tastes and i don't normally like coffee flavored things but this tastes really nice so we're gonna have that with our chocolate cake and then my other thing is um I committed to, not committed to, but I thought, <clears throat> I have this friend who sends me occasional recipes from Weight Watchers, and I thought, you know, we love to talk about food, and um, you and I haven't eaten meat for a while, and I like to use tofu and vegetables, so I thought, for every day this year, I'm going to try, I'm going to be motivated to send her a recipe that I make up every day. Something I've made, or something I think up that I haven't tried, but sounds like it would work, and so I've been doing that. Now, she's also got her sister doing similar thing, and now we're all going to, we're both going to send her recipes. She keeps sending me recipes. Now she's made one of my recipes, which I haven't even tested yet. She adjusted it a bit according to her ingredients or whatever. And I just think, if you have a friend or somebody who's, we're in the same town, but we still don't see each other that very often. If you have a friend who's far away or that you don't see all the time, but if food, you can pick another topic, but in this case, it's food. Even if you're just looking around the web and you find a recipe, like, try to do something like that every day or every week. It's quite fun because it's not just like, hey, what are you doing? Work's really boring. Blah, blah, blah. Nice to, you know, maybe we should get together sometime. Pick a subject or something that you can send a link to them every day or a, a movie link every day or anything like that. It, and, it keep, and then it's like something to talk about every single day. And then I also want to commit to drawing every day, but I haven't yet. I've drawn three, four pictures so far, and so... How many days are we into the year? <coughs> Nine. Hmm. You've got some catching up to do tonight. I do have some catching up to do, and I will. But uh, that's one thing that, uh, you know, when I'm dead, my, my drawings won't be worth much to you, because there'll be a lot of them. So maybe I should just stop drawing and die. That way... <laughs> like, without cough. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> there could be something serious going on. Now... I will draw some more. And that's it. And go to the doctors this week. And the meaning of life is go to the doctor when your husband tells you. Correct. And all will be revealed. So um, I want to remind you about our websites, uh, ascully.com and sidsar.com. You can follow us both. I saw some lame um, today. Somebody, uh, I was like, oh, that's a pretty cool idea. There's this company that will sell you uh, your Twitter name on a t-shirt, like at ascully, you know, on a t-shirt. It's kind of of fun. Uh, But I was like, well... There's not much to that, right? So I went to their site, and they were like, enter your name, and I said, entered A. Scully, and it was like, here's what your t-shirt will look like. And it's just like a black t-shirt with at A. Scully yeah. in white font. You could just do it And yourself. then they went, that's $50. Holy shit. And I was like, fuck you. I can make that myself on Cafe Press for like 10 I can make it. Yes. You print it out and, ma- and I mean, it's a cool it idea to have your Twitter name on a t-shirt. It's kind of fun. But... $50. 10 bucks would be the most I'd Yeah, absolutely. Time. I mean, this didn't look like it was a quality. I could hand write it myself in really groovy letters with fabric paint. So, um, yeah. Okay, that's a deal. If anyone wants <laughs> anything hand-drawn on a $40. t-shirt, so let you, me know. So you can... So you can email me this week. So you can catch us both on Twitter, at Ace and at Sid Talk. You can uh, catch us on Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube... Catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store, or the RSS feed. Just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast, and listen to the podcast to your heart's content. All 154 of them. That's a lot of podcasts. That's a lot. Um, Two more, and that's three years. Correct. Fourth. And you can uh, email feedback to me at aschoolie.com. Don't email feedback to you. No. This week you can email oh, me yeah, if you yeah. want if you want, if you're interested in a t-shirt. You can email We also need to start doing our Oscar predictions as soon as the as soon as the I think it's the 25th of January when the lists come out. 
we'll go through sure. and start watching some of these Oscars, Oscar um, movies. Sure. Because we did last year, remember, watched a bunch. Mm. We need to do that this year with the screeners, watch them before so we have we can comment, right? Of course. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening and uh, stay classy, Mr. George Clooney. Probably the classiest film you have ever made. I can't disagree with that. I'm going to say think for yourself, everyone, because if you don't think for yourself, somebody is going to come along and do it for you. I'm just coughing at the end. 